Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now you found it. This is Alan Smith's Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world. With your hosts, Alan and Donna Smith, focusing on driver health, careers, regulations, and the important issues facing the industry. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Ask the Trucker Live begins right now. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Alan Smith. This is Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio. Appreciate you tuning in. And it is Saturday, January 9, 2016. And we'd like to uh, just say, wish everyone a happy new year. We hope it will be a happy, prosperous, and healthy one for you. And uh, Don, I'm a little jittery, man. I got... I was having trouble logging on, or I was having trouble calling in to Blog Talk Radio, and when I got on, there was two seconds. <laughs> two seconds. Yeah, I was just getting ready. He's telling me, no, we can't get on, we can't get on. I'm just getting ready over here to, to put up having technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> right at the last minute, but we made it. But, hey, our first uh, first 2016 Saturday of the show, so uh, thanks for tuning in. I haven't gotten everybody's uh, state up there, Missouri, Indiana, New York, Texas, about as far as I've got, but appreciate you tuning in. Now, just a reminder to everyone uh, you know, our Saturday shows are dedicated to trucking issues. Uh, the You know, I guess they all kind of are, but mainly, you know, into the trucking issues themselves. Don't forget, though, Donna is, you know, she does her Thursday night shows on health. And a new edition will be every other Thursday. Discussions will begin regarding the driver wage situation and uh, correlating how most other concerns and issues seem to circle around driver wages. So uh, Ask the Trucker Live will be on Thursdays and Saturdays for 2016 mostly. Kind of uh, kind of was for, for 2015, Donna, but we missed a few, but we're going to kind of crank it up this for the new year. The, the goal for these shows will be to uh, unify drivers and social media groups uh, promoting dialogue and then having calls to action to get things done. Uh, actually, we've got some things done in 2015. We'll be kind of going over that this uh, this evening. What what initiated the idea for these shows is the fact that since social media has brought out many more voices, there are a lot of drivers and groups trying to share their thoughts and ideas. So we are hoping that these types of proactive people uh, will join us and have a place to share uh, among one another, and then create and share a call to action for everyone to join in. In other words, it's a it's a way for everyone to share their message together and to somewhat unify all the great information that seems to be kind of scattered throughout the social media and the Internet. And uh, this reminds me, if you have a social media group, uh, blog, or website ded- dedicated to the uh, betterment of professional drivers, just send us your link, and we will post you on the Trucking Social Media resource page. And 
no cost for that, and it's just something we like to do, and it's just another way we can start to unify those who want to share ideas and solutions for the uh, professional drivers who keep America moving. And our show tonight is an open forum, which means we invite you to call in with your comments and try to leave your uh, we'll try to leave your mic open the best we can. Sometimes we get a lot of noise feedback, so I kind of have to stay on that a little bit so it doesn't interrupt the listeners. The call-in number is 347-826-9170, and then just press 1 at any time on your keypad, and that will notify me that you would like to be a part of the show. So tonight, we'd like to take a good look at the highlights for uh, for 2015 and then move towards the uh, concerns and goals for 2016. So we'll take a short commercial break, but before we do, I just want to just want to make sure that everyone listening has entered in the Falcon Eye dash cam drawing. So entering is easy. You just need to download the Zyper app to your smartphone. And let me spell that. It's X-Y-P-P-E-R, Zyper. And it is an interactive app which sends freight loads directly to your phone. Now, a lot of you have heard about this, and a lot of you are using it, but I would uh, I would recommend checking it out it's 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 one of the best we've seen and after you download you receive instructions on how to enter all of your specific uh, criteria that pertains to you and your truck zyper does the rest it detects your location it knows if you're empty partially loaded and it matches all criteria that you have entered so a load is sent to your phone and you can either uh, choose to ignore it or accept it and Zyper even does the paperwork for you, sending uh, it directly to your email. So the uh, no cost for the app, it's totally free, and the service is free for truckers. And uh, the beauty is you don't ever have to uh, go empty again. It really is one of the best ones out there that I've seen. So if you'd like uh, more information on this, go to Zyper.com. And again, that's X, like X-ray. Y-P-P-E-R, Zyper.com, and uh, watch the videos. A lot more great information there on that app. We'll be, uh, we'll be having a special show with the developers of the app on January 23rd with an extended segment for your questions and answers, a little Q&A for you. And in the meantime, download the app so you can get a true picture of all the benefits. This way you can have all your questions and comments ready, plus you'll be entered for a dual-camera Falcon Eye dash cam. So uh, that's actually pretty cool, Donna. Yeah, yeah, it is. I've seen it. And um, I know the um, Gib Truckers uh, Room uh, group on Facebook um, is promoting Falcon Eye dash cam. They swear by it. It's supposed to be uh, a a great product. So um, we don't have one personally, but we can only go by the feedback that others are talking about with this dash cam. So this is going to be this is going to be a nice prize uh for drivers. Uh so all they have to do is download the app and uh the Zyper app and they're entered in the drawing and we'll be uh announcing the winner on January 23rd. Yeah, it's really very nice zyper.com. So hey, we'll take a quick break and when we come back First Saturday show of Asset Trucker Live Open Forum 2016 Top Concerns for Professional Drivers. Alan, uh, well, that's me. I said I'm going to say Alan and Donna is here. But <laughs> Donna and I are here. Thanks, uh, thanks for joining us. We're going to get it kicked off right when we come back. So hang on. 
It all comes up on Ask the Trucker Live. You're listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Alan and Donna will be right back. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. This is Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at askthetrucker.com. Now, back to the show. bringing in 2016 with our open forum and uh, again to be a part of the show just call in 347-826-9170 and uh, when you're ready if you'd like to join in the conversation just press one on the keypad at any time and I will see it so so Donna I guess let's start with the uh, I mean, it's funny I had I was over here during the break I was pushing Donna away because she came over here to check out the listeners uh, on my uh little board here and her mouth dropped open so. yeah i couldn't believe there were so many on there so but that's great i yeah. think saturdays are a great night i i think I people too. are parked and uh i think they look forward to the shows now we've been getting some um some good listeners on thursday nights but i i think looking at you know your switchboard compared to mine it looks like you have a lot more listeners oh, on tonight so oh, i don't know i've seen your board too when i've come in later and it's uh it, it's pretty packed so hey we have we have the best callers we have the best listeners out there so hey again we appreciate it but i guess let's let's start with the highlights of 2015 then we'll get some calls going here but the uh the you know a lot of people uh there's a lot of people involved in this thing on social media there's a lot of people who aren't on social media but you know it's funny i saw something last year and i know you did too donna we've talked about it but you know if you think if you think for one minute you know there wasn't much going on in trucking last year uh there's quite a bit actually i mean and you know this year i don't think it's going to be any different so i mean we had we had the eld you know the eld mandate we finally had, after finally. how many years six years of oh, oh i know i know and so many so many things coming out, you know, out of the FMCSA and things. You know, we're talking about the ELD, the coercion rule. We, you know, of course, the highway bills always act out there. We had a thing called the Fast Act of 2015. We'll talk about. 
you know, once again, more on, more about the CSA. You know, uh, they a lot of studies. You know, detention time. You know, insurance rule. Uh, under 21, under the age of 21, truckers. You know, we had state weight reform carrier carrier uh, hiring standards, uh, which was struck down, by the way. Uh, HOS, you know, 34-hour rule. HOS is always out there. Uh, truck parking. Uh, you know, we had the what was that? The National Truck Park Trucking Park uh, Truck Parking Coalition. There was Mike's Law, there was a right to carry, Kenny Capel with a right to sleep. It goes on and on and on. Yeah. 2016 won't be any different. But, you know, one thing that really seemed to kind of, well, not seemed to, actually did, really caught fire in 2015 last year. And it's been talked about for decades. I mean, I'm not saying it's never been talked about, but last year we saw we just saw a little spark, you know, a pretty good little spark going on. And that was drivers' wages, right? You know, and that seemed to really, I mean, especially after like the last what six months of the year or so. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was it was catching on, and even those who are not on trucking social media, I've talked to other truckers who've talked to truckers out there, and wages was was a big topic, Donna. Oh, I know oh, you know. Yeah, absolutely, and. um that's going to be kind of like our focus on our Thursday shows, not so much just about driver wages, but um, kind of what we were talking about before, how how driver wages like kind of um, correlates with ever every other issue. I mean, even even if you look at ELDs, okay, um, you know, people will say, well, I don't want my privacy invaded and this and that, and it's used for harassment. But really, the the truth is, it's a it's an enforcement tool and a and a control tool uh, for the hours of service, and um, the hours of service are, are flawed. I mean, I mean, it it does it's not a one size fits all type of thing. So, um, we we just think wages, you know, you can relate wages to every other thing: regulations, truck parking. Why do people rush on the highway? What about that? Um, I, what was his name? Kevin Roper, the the guy who was driving that big accident for Tracy Morgan. I think so. Yeah. 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 I mean, he was racing. His clock was running out, and I believe, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he was trying to find parking. So, uh, you know, there you go. You know, wages. You know, he was trying to do the most miles he could to to make more money, and you cut your time down. For your parking, so it's it's all intertwined. It's it's like a, a connect the dots type of uh, kind of puzzle, you know. And that's what we're going to try to um, achieve on our Wednesday um, night shows. Thursday. Oh, Thursday. We were going to do them Wednesday, and then we decided to do them Thursday. This way, we could change off one week with um, the the health shows that I love doing. And the other week we'll bring in, um, I know Pat Hockaday of truckersunited.org. He's got so much about wages on his website. And basically it's, um, Alan, it's been what we've been saying, you know, all along to get paid for all your time. And, you know, we're going to work that in. So it, it's going to be, it's going to be, I'm looking forward to it. They're going to be great calls. If you want to actually, if you're listening and you'd like to be a part of the Thursday shows, 
um, either to um, help co-host or be a guest, and you, you want to just talk about uh, how wages, how you feel ELDs or parking or regulations, or if you have a plan to increase wages. Um, I, my phone, I hope it just didn't go dead. I just heard a big no, that was blank. Me. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> I was wondering why you were looking at me like that. I, I thought I just went dead here. <laughs> but anyway, if you if you want to become a part of these Thursday night shows, uh, please just um, send Alan uh, an email or or a, a Facebook private message and, and just let us know because we really want to create a, a call to action on these uh, on these shows, really create unity and inform people, um, share our thoughts because like Alan said in the beginning, there's so many different groups out there that really have tremendous information. I mean, this wasn't around years ago without social media where people could actually share their voice but the problem is it's like it's scattered and you have to search for it. So why not bring everybody together and have discussions? And that's what we're hoping for Thursday nights, that everybody gets their two cents in and, and shares their ideas. Oh, and like Alan said, if you have a website or a blog and you want us to advertise, it's free. It's free for anybody who is an advocate for the industry who has a blog. Um, just send send us your link, the name of it. And uh, and we'll post it on the um, trucking social media resource page, and it's it's filling up quite nicely. If you go to truckingsocialmedia.com and click on resources, you'll get to see everybody's pages and Facebook groups. If you have a Facebook group, and and you'd like everybody you know to see it, uh, and we promote that page quite a bit. So hopefully you're if you are on there, you're getting some traffic. So um, yeah, and that's for your. Every, like every other Thursday show, because you're still going to have your Thursday show for health. Oh yeah, that, yeah, we that's still to be pretty popular, and that's a uh, you know health health is another big thing. And, you know that's another big thing we saw last year that kind of came, came was kind of flying out there with the health. Oh yeah, and we did it. We did a lot ourselves with health, and there's all kinds of new health groups um, uh, up on Facebook. I mean, I I could just I guess go. I don't. I'm not on the uh, internet right now to to see the social media page, but off the top of my head, you know, you've you've got Heart Smart Highway with uh, Jeannie Lennox and Les Willis. I mean, that site. I've never seen a site take off quite that fast, at least in the in the um in the health and cooking and trucking area. Um and they're they're doing great things over there and um big truck cooking and then you have Driven to Be Healthy, the big contest that they have going on with the Saint Christopher's Fund. I mean these these are great things going on uh in social media and to benefit the, the truckers so um, it, it's going to be a great year. We, we just need to, you know, kind of unify a little bit of it, and uh, and I think I think it'll be good for everybody. Yeah, and it is, and you know, well, you know, tonight is open forum. 2016 top concerns for professional drivers. The wages is a big thing, though, and you know, you mentioned a minute ago, Donna, that you know, we we do believe this year that truck driver wages will be among the most crucial issues for professional drivers. I mean. There, although there are, you know, there's other very crucial topics to be concerned about, but driver wages seem to be consistently affected by all other concerns. And, uh, you know, as long as professional drivers are paid piecework, you know, CPM, cents per mile, 
and are racing that 14-hour clock, wages will be the center of all other concerns. I mean, you brought up the example of the ELDs. You know, there's the uh, there's the hours of service, HOS, there's truck parking, speed limiters, CLD training, cheap freight. When you think about that, all of those are correlated with wages. So I think we're going to see that just too yeah. to continue through this year. Yeah, we just want to try to connect the dots and 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 clear this big picture up and and the uh, um, <clears throat> and the rumor of uh, there's a truck driver shortage. What do we do? Well. Uh, uh, what was it? We were talking right before the show came on. We were talking about this one company. Uh, I think it was in Forbes magazine. Their turnover rate was what was it, Alan? Like a hundred percent, ninety percent? You said something like two hundred percent. No, it? I think it was like a hundred percent. Well, it had yeah, usually probably. I thought it was a little over a hundred percent, but then it went down to it. But what they did was they. Um, they brought these drivers of the company into like their shareholders, and so these people now have like a hundred thousand dollars saved and all like this all from from being shareholders. Well, guess what their their uh, turnover rate rate went down to like twenty percent. Yeah. So so when these companies come out and say. Um, uh, well, you know, we don't know what to do. There's not enough drivers, this and that. And the, everybody just says, well, just treat them better and pay them more. I mean, it really isn't isn't that what what you uh, what you expect in in life for sacrificing? Team was the ELD. The ongoing fight over the last few years for the ELD ELD mandate was. Made final by FMCSA, and OIDA plans on fighting this once again. The Owner Operators Independent Drivers Association they filed a uh, petition with the uh, 70th Circuit Court of Appeals, asking it to review the agency's coming uh, electronic logging device mandate. And uh, the ELD, as we you know, you should know, will apply to all drivers required to keep records of duty status except those drivers who keep records of duty status in eight or fewer days out of every 30 working days, those drivers in drive-away and tow-away operations, and truckers operating vehicles older than uh, model year 2000. So the mandate uh, took effect, oh, will take effect, uh, I started to say December last year, but it's December 20th of 2017. So like we said a long time, it's coming. So uh, December 20th, 2017, the uh, ELD mandate does take effect. And OIDA President and CEO Jim Johnston also said the group intends to fight the mandate with everything that they have available. So he, he stated, and I'm quoting, this regulation is absolutely the most outrageous intrusion and to the rights of professional truckers imaginable, and will do nothing at all to improve highway safety. In fact, we, OIDA, firmly believes it will do exactly the opposite by placing even more pressure and stress on drivers than they already deal with. And that was from uh, Jim Johnston. You saw that, right, Donna? Yeah, I saw that. And but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say, and this would make a great show. And um, I know we've talked about it, but we just didn't do it in the past. But 
I there are drivers out there, owner operators or company drivers, and they love ELDs. They don't think it's hurting them at all. And, you know, they think, well, you can make them work for you. You can actually make more money with them. It's like a time clock. You know, it'll stamp your detention time. It'll, you know, and they have a, a list of valid um, answers or reasons, you know, why they, they think they're all right, they're good. Then you go to the other group, and they're like totally against invasion of privacy, uh, a harassment tool. Let me think some of the other things. Um, you know, they're, they're unsafe. They make you rush. Well, that's how the coercion rule came about. Well, yeah, and and oh. that's what that's I think that's you know part of the reason. Yeah, just like you said. So they said no, you can't. They, you're not going to be able to be harassed. But then they'll tell you that you know that other half will just say how awful they are. So we need to get some people, and you can private message um, Alan on Facebook too. Uh, if you want to be a part of like an ELD show, and if you're for it or against it, we'd like to have like half and half, you know, and and just state the pros and cons of uh, ELDs. I think it'd be a great show because you know when you when you debate um, intelligently, you know you learn you you learn both sides of 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 the story. So uh, I think we should we need to follow up on that. Yeah, um, that'd be a really good show. Yeah, that'd be fine. Well, you know, I claimed. Uh, Claimed then, and the courts agreed that FMCA hadn't done enough uh, in the rule to prevent driver harassment via ELDs. But, but in the new ELD rule, however, the agency addressed harassment prohibition measures aimed at uh, preventing such harassment, such as interpreting uh, drivers during their off or interrupting drivers during their off-duty hours via the devices or with information you know, gleaned from an ELD, and FMCSA also included protocol for drivers to file complaints against carriers who did harass them. So, uh, you know, they also published, oh, like I said, you know, the coercion rule to uh, institute stiff penalties against carriers, shippers, and brokers who coerce drivers, you know, to violate the safety regulations, which is in part related to the publication of the ELD rule. But... uh, December twentieth, seventeen is coming. It's coming. So, right. Well, we'll you know, see what happens with um, OIDA. I mean, they yeah. they won in two thousand twelve. Yeah. And they they had it delayed then. So. Yeah. Um, and they're going to be on it. So. Well, okay, Donnie. Uh, top, top concerns. To that open forum. Ready for a call? Yeah. Ready. They have been waiting patiently. So let's go to uh, uh, Missouri area code four one seven. Go ahead. Welcome to the show. Thanks for holding. Hey, I want to tell. Happy New Year, Hal. Happy New Year to you guys. Yeah, <laughs> you too. How you been? I've been doing all right. I've been away from And happy birthday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> didn't expect that. You smoked that one in on me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I wasn't but... sure if I should do that, so I just let her do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Pin it on Donna, mm-hmm. just that's the way you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. what's going on? Oh, no, I, you know, I just, I, I, I knew the show was coming on, and, and you know, I just felt like <clears throat> giving a call in and just saying that, you know, covered some of the things that you'd already, you've already covered. You know, there's a lot of areas that we've, we've uh, 
that have been addressed or brought up at least in uh, this past year about the issues that face drivers today and, and have, we've been facing for a long time. Uh, <clears throat> some of these things well, we've we fortunately been able to leave addressed. Some of them, you know, like, uh, while well, we're still addressing the ELD issue, driver pay, uh, detention. Are you for or against ELDs? I'm going to ask everybody who calls in if they're for or against. Uh, I want to. I want to. Mixed feelings. I really don't have any problem with the ELDs. I mean, the only the only issue I see is, and that I have seen is where there are some instances where, if a company wants to, they can actually go in to a degree. They can go in and make some adjustments in your in your logs so that you've got additional hours in order to do some driving and then encourage you, I'll say, to uh, go ahead and do what has to be done in order to get a load delivered. Uh, but when you when they do that, don't they have to put a reason down? I mean, if you're pulled into I, a, a I scale? How, I, I don't know how they do it, but I only, I only know that they can go in and do some editing as to, you know, what hours you have and, you know, uh, actually have available, regardless of what you know you've done in the past. Now, you, they can do corrections. I mean, say you go in there and do a 15-minute uh, post-trip plus your fueling, and then you forget to uh, go off duty for quite a while afterwards. Well, then you can contact your dispatcher and say, hey, you know, I, I made this error on here. This is what I deem minutes and I got tied up in a conversation or something or other else and forgot to log off duty after I got done, they can go back and, and correct that. That they can do, uh, mm-hmm. which is okay. That's okay. But some of the other things where they can go back and look at your logs and say, oh, okay, you did this, you did this. Oh, we can adjust this, and then that way it gives you more hours. We really need you to get this load delivered, and we'll set you up, let's say and mm-hmm. basically fix it so you can, can run. Those are the only problems. So then what's the sense of having them? There's, there, there's good and bad to the ELDs, and I know a lot of people that uh, might call in will also probably have some of their own examples of that, their own selves or, or opinions on it, which is cool. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> a lot of these things do need to be brought out, but, as so far as my opinion of the ELDs, I personally I don't really see anything wrong with it. I don't see how it's going to affect you negatively. I mean, it's just it's just a matter of the driver, as as the industry says, it's just a matter of the driver managing their logs, so that way they can get their their job done efficiently, properly, uh, and well, basically safely. But you know, again, like I say, there are there is room in there where uh, I don't know that the driver can access the system. I don't see where you can because I can't. I've heard to- the drivers can access the system, though. See, this is this is some of the um, controversy going on. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Alan, you never had an ELD. You always did yeah, logs. Well, you had a Qualcomm, right? I had an ELD. Oh, you did? Oh, and I didn't know that. And, and there was a few times, exactly what Hal was saying, there was a, there was a few times where I may, well, I'll give you the, give an example. 
I pulled over one night to take my 30-minute break, and uh, I looked. I got up to, you know, and I, I looked, and I looked at. I looked at the timer wrong. Well, actually, the 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 ELD hit 30 minutes. It said that I was. It said my 30 minutes was just up. So I put it in gear and took off. Well, a little glitch in the ELD, the little system they had was for that particular truck. 30 minutes really wasn't up until it showed 31 minutes. So when I took off, it started doing all its things, saying that I was in violation of my 30-minute break. Well, I went ahead and just ran the shift and got it over with. But then all I had to do the next morning, I just called the safety manager, told him what had happened. He went in and showed 30 minutes, and all all was okay, all was fine. So (laughs) like you said, what's the point? Yeah, yeah he, just, he just corrected it. He just corrected it. So how how saying is absolutely true? They can do that. Yep. I guess if you can just show a, a good enough reason, of course, you know people can be very creative when they want to find reasons. Well, that that little thirty minute break wasn't any big deal, but what Hal is saying, you know, is a big deal. You know, if that driver's tired, and you know, and they, you know, the old famous. Hot load has got to get there, and they can go in there and kind of wiggle the hours around. And you know, he runs out of hours, you know, two hours from destination. They wiggle around where now he's got three hours and he can make it, and he should be sleeping, right? Hal, that's that's where the that's where the big issue comes in. That's the safety issue there, and they can do that, and they do do that, and we all know it. Yep, the drivers know this. The drivers absolutely know this. I mean, the company can do it. Yeah. Some drivers care. Some drivers do. They want to stay legal. They want to stay safe. They don't want to get in trouble. They don't want to face thousands of dollars worth of fines because of falsifying the logs. I mean, that is just absolutely costly, and, and none of us want to go through that. Right. <laughs> right. So. Well. Yeah, it has both sides, but Donna has a good good idea for a show have have somebody for it someone against it and, and kind of debate it and see how it goes so yeah yeah well we'll leave your line open Hal, because it's open forum night um one of the other things i wanted to bring uh, up and i just walked over to the switchboard to see if my uh my partner in crime is on there and uh, she is so um <clears throat> we wanted to bring up are you familiar with the CRST re, uh, exemption oh. request over at the oh. FMCSA? Yeah. Regardless to say, I am not in favor of that at all. No. Um, about, I, I think what we really want to do tonight is um, <clears throat> explain what it is they're asking. Because, you know, even though we don't agree with it, at least we need to let everybody know what they're not agreeing with because there is some confusion on what they're asking for. So um, I'm going to bring bring up uh, Desiree right now, um, 9170, because I know she's also pretty... Uh, You're going to bring it up? Well, bring I, her up? Or, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, tell you, I might as well just go in and have a <laughs> cup of coffee and a piece of pie. <laughs> Alan's going to open up. Desiree's line. I'm not on the switchboard, so. Yeah, you're listening to the Donna Show. Hold on here just a second. We'll open it up. <laughs> and uh, hey, hey, Desiree, welcome to the show. How you doing? Hi. How are you doing? 
I'm doing. I thought I was doing real good, but I was thinking, well, I'm just, you know, I guess, I guess I'm, I'm like Bert on that old soap show where I'm just invisible, I guess. But just go on back to. Anyway, I'm here, but I guess you and Donna were talking. I know. I guess Donna, what is it? Y'all are talking about the CDL uh, standard application for exemption, right? Right. Right. Okay, and. yeah, now CRST, CRST has put in that exemption. We know, who was it, CR England, they did too, but FMCSA approved it. And, yeah, that was, okay. what, a few months ago they approved theirs. So All right. anyway, but I think what's important is um, to explain what they're asking. I think people, Desiree, people have the idea that they're asking um, after a, a, a Yep, learner permit, you know, they get their learner's permit that they're allowed to get in the truck and drive solo or something like that. Um, that's not that's not what that's they're not what it is, no. No. no that, what they're saying is after the learner the, the the driver with the learner permit passes the skills test, which we need to talk about what that is, but after they uh, get their, they pass their skills test, they should be able to drive with the driver, it, not just only in the front seat, uh, but in the back seat, in the back seat, in the sleeper bunk too. Which means they want them to to run team, basically, is what it is. So, I mean, even that seems too much. So, uh, I hope. Have I explained it enough? Desiree, you want to add to that? Because I know there's confusion of what people think this is, and it's not. And it's still bad, even if you do understand it. Yeah, it's it's still bad. It's still confusing. And and it's really hard to understand unless you've worked in one of these carriers that operates the team business model to move their freight. That's really the key component here that... They don't get so they don't look for solo freight, they don't book solo freight, they book team freight. So right. they want to maximize their profits with the students. And they're saying it's gonna cause a financial hardship on them by doing one of two things. Sending the student on the bus home, take their skills test, they put them on the bus home to their their domiciled state and then they get their CDL hard copy in their home state. In their hand. They come hand. back. And they're saying as long as you pass the test, what difference does it make if you have that license in your hand or not? You you you, you know, it's just a matter, matter of formality is, is yeah, what they're saying. Yeah, that's what they're saying. They're saying that the, the, the driving skills that they got, which are very limited, are perishable. And that's true. But in my um, experience a lot of what is happening is that students want to get out of CRSG as fast as they can and they're quitting and they wrote that in this letter also that some are quitting but what I got what, what, what jumped out at me from the letter exemption letter request that they sent to the FMCSA is they want to be able to hold these students hostage and have control over them and get whatever they can out of them in the form of miles while they can. So their other um, argument was that if the student goes home on the bus, which is a financial hardship for them, 
and I don't see how that can be because a bus ticket's not really that expensive. But they say the student might not get right away with the DMV. They might be, you know, some of the DMVs are very backed up on giving them, you know, the the exam there or whatever, or getting them in or but whatever. But they've already That's taken the exam. They've already well, they've, taken the skills test. I'm sorry, they're sorry. Uh, they, they, they've already taken the exam. They've passed the skills test, and they've got the paperwork from their, from their respective companies that they've done this, but they still have to get the appointment time to be able to get in and actually get the license Mm-hmm. Right, to get the physical license. And, yeah. and right. Well, here's they're, really what they're saying. They they're arguing that the trainer or the co driver shouldn't just have to be in the front seat with this uh driver with a learner's permit. In other words, they yeah. should be able to sleep in the yeah. box. Yeah. However, and it doesn't the country, say that it's a trainer. It just says that it has no. to be a PDL holder. So that's their entryway to put them with somebody that maybe got their CDL last week. (laughs) Right, right, it doesn't say. Which is another problem that you see is that you have these student teams and neither one of them know what's going on. But did you read this part in the the, um, FMCSA on their website? It says commercial driver's license standards, application for exemption, CRST expedited. Now listen to what I'm going to read to you. Uh, requires a commercial learner's permit holder to always be accompanied by a, a commercial driver's license CDL holder with the proper CDL class and endorsements seated in the front seat of the vehicle while the CLP, that's the learner permit holder, performs behind-the-wheel training on public roads and highways. Well, how can they be training on public roads and highways if the um, other person is in the back seat? How is that training? It's not yeah, training. That, it's it's team. As you, it, as you read it, that all that means that as long as that trainee is in the driver's seat and moving, operating that vehicle, his his uh, instructor or trainer, whichever you want to call it, a fully licensed CDL holder, must be in the front seat at all times while that trainee is driving. Right, yeah. and they're saying, no, uh, it shouldn't have to be that way because he's already passed the skills test. Now, Desiree. Right. Now, the, the other thing they say test. in there, okay. and, and the other thing they say in there, though, is that per that CDL holder in the passenger seat, by the regulations, has to be on their logbook, mm-hmm. on duty, not yep. driving. So what yep. they're saying is now our trainers burning their hours to supervise this, to supervise this person. So everything yep. they're saying in this letter is we don't want to supervise this person. <laughs> yep. We want to right. run team miles. Yeah, right. we wanna... And we don't care about I mean and here they say doing this would increase safety. And of course I'm no. I'm trying to figure out how does it increase yeah. safety? They don't really how say how. They... Yeah. I'd, I'd I... love it I, honestly I'd love it if if uh, one of the reps from CRST or CR England was to call in and discuss this because I I think we'd probably shut them down but 
Yeah, but really, I, explain I really it. I would love a full explanation of this from some of these companies. I mean, call in. I mean, if somebody from CRST who is a full representative that, that we could actually contact at their office was listening to this, I'd love it if you guys called in. Somebody. Yeah, explain yeah, it won't. to us to make us understand it, because what I see is um, it can't be a financial hardship to buy a Greyhound ticket because they bring a lot of students inbound on oh, Greyhound yeah. that they haven't even screened yet. So I've always thought, this is such a waste of money. Why are you bringing all these people here that you're going to end up sending home because you, you didn't even do a background check on them before you even brought them up here? They waste so much money on Greyhound already. It's just astounding. But I know that they do get a discount with them because of the volume that they do. Yep. But we're talking about peanuts here. They're also talking about um, um, the driver wages. The drivers, these student drivers are making less than $100 a day gross. So um, the longer you can keep them. Now, but they, with the, that another permit. remark in that letter that sticks out is they said not only would they want to have the exemption to let the CDL CLP, learner's permit holder, be able to drive team with the trainer in the back on the way back. This doesn't mean they're going to say, you, t- you test it, you're ready to go get your CDL in your home state. What, if you read it really carefully, they're saying they want to be able to maximize the time that that learner's permit is valid, and they're valid mm-hmm. for six months. So okay. they want to be able to have that student with the learner's permit driving team for maybe maybe the, the home state can't get them in for a month. So for a month, they can potentially be out there going team on a learner's permit with this trainer. Now, one of the problems that I've seen at our membership is we've had a number of former CRST students have to leave for unsafe training practices. And when they tried to get a job at another carrier, the other carrier said, if you owe tuition to CRST, we can't hire you. They have some sort of an agreement where they've blackballed some of these students that owe the tuition debt to them. So they're Uh not hireable. If they try and they keep calling and calling, eventually they find something. But, see, they're not in a financial hardship because they're getting the tuition paid for them. They're putting it on these people's credit. They're also blackballing them from being hireable elsewhere. So what would happen if a learner's permit holder was out with their trainer or their co-driver that was a CDL holder and they were waiting to go home to get their CDL and they never routed them home because they kept coming up with an excuse, oh, just take one more That's load. That's what Alan oh, said before. That's what he was telling Now we they, were they're at the breaking point. They haven't come home. They haven't been home for 10 weeks. They're like, I just want to go home. Now they go home. they got a learner's permit. They go in the DMV, and CRST will not forward their paperwork because they quit and they owe them tuition right. because they're already blackballing them now. When, to make them unhireable. Now they can pretty much shut them out from even getting a CDO at all. So yeah, these are, this, go ahead. Oh, this, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, this, I mean, this is all nothing new. I mean, this is, this, this is just a trucking industry, you know. I mean, and not just CRST, it's most of these starter companies. We all know this. FMCSA should know this, and I think they do. <laughs> but you said, you know, Desiree, 
And then I've got uh, Texas and Indiana, Texas and Tennessee going to bring you all up here in just a second, join in the conversation. But you said something about, you know, uh, the CDL permit driver, you know, at a low wage and everything. We all know about the, the you know, the cheap labor. Listen, uh, I'm sure you've seen this, but just for our listeners, this is uh, I'm going to read this from the uh, notice of application for exemption by the by the uh, FMCSA, and this is what it says. It says CRST, and again, not just CRST, but these carriers. Uh, but they, this, they're the ones filing for the exemption. Yeah. yeah. Well, and CR England did too. FMCSA passed it. There'll be others to follow. These big mega starter companies. But here's what it says in this notice. It says, CRST believes that the exemption, if granted, would promote greater productivity and help individuals who have passed the CLD skills test return to actively earning a living faster while achieving a level of safety that is equivalent to or greater than the level of safety provided by complying with the regulations. So I know the FMCSA listens to this show, so I just want to make it clear to the FMCSA that that's just a bunch of crap. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's just stupid. <laughs> and, yeah. And I know I know they already granted CR uh, CR England. If they continue to do this, the roads are going to become much more dangerous than they already are. And notice how they used safety in their exemption, even though oh, it's yeah, an outright lie. Just call anything in the name of safety. And um, and then all of a sudden it, it gets the attention. Well, but what, what makes me even more matter is, you know, we're always talking about. I talked to a driver not too long ago, uh, who who came right out of school and got on with one of these starter companies. I don't know if I ever told you, Don. I just talked to him about last week. You know what they started him out at? What? Twenty-two cents a mile. Hey, I saw somebody online who was at seventeen cents. Uh, yeah, I mean, when so, I started okay, it, it was seven, 14 cents. Okay, so 17 cents a mile, 22 cents a mile, and CRST is saying that it's going to help them to start earning a living faster. At 17 cents at, a mile. At, yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. But, hey, let me get uh, – Desiree, we'll get back with you here, but let me get – this is open forum. I want to get everybody in here. Texas uh, area code 512, who we got here? Hey, this is Pat Hockaday. I'm late. I'm hey, Pat. Late. I was, hey, doing, I was Pat. doing my on-the-scene reporting investigation. I just spent 45 minutes with two CRST drivers who helped me further understand this a little bit. I'm sorry I missed this for, uh, part of the show. I also That's had okay. about hold, an hour hey, conversation. Hey, Pat, hold on. Pat, hold on just a second. Yes, I'll sir. get back with you. I'm, tr- I'm trying to open up the lines here. Well, I've got more lines coming up. Uh, Tennessee... Area code nine zero one. Who we got here? It's Jerry. Jerry Fritz. <laughs> hey, okay, Jerry. Jerry, welcome to the show. Your mic. Everybody's mic is open, and I got some more popping up here. New York, state of New York. Area code seven one six. Welcome to the show. Who we got here? That's no, Adam Laurie calling. All right. Welcome to the show. Everybody's lines are open. Everyone else looks to be listening. So. Uh, uh, Go ahead, Pat. I okay. want to hear yeah. that. Go ahead, Pat, and uh, every, anybody feel free to jump in. It's just an open forum. But Pat, go ahead. Well, like I said, I spoke with Jerry Fritz. We talked about an hour, and he's got very valid points. 
But we need to look these points Jerry has up and see if they haven't been changed through time. Have these have been amended. Amended. Um, as I'm reading here, uh, Part 383.79, a state may administer a skills test in according with subparts G and H uh, to a person who has taken training in that state and is licensed in another United States jurisdiction. Such test results must be transmitted electronically directing directly from the testing state to the licensing state. Um, so this, this there's provisions in here that, that kind of, you know, wrap your head around this. Talking to Jerry, I was laying out the scenario, okay, you and I both just went completed CRST training. We both go to the DMV. We both pass our CDL test at the DMV. Now, you're at Iowa State residence, Jerry. You can drive unsupervised. I'm a Texas resident. I cannot drive unsupervised. This seems to be the loophole or the the, the problem in this uh, new 38.25, uh, 38.325, I think it is, looking it up. 38.325 is the new... Uh, regulation on the books as of July 8, 2015. If you further read through this, it, uh, CRST is making the claim that they, in the past, before J July 8, they were able to get out-of-state drivers that passed the CDL exam through the state of Iowa, a temporary CDL. And this is what it looks like they're wanting to return to. It's only because of this new 383.25 that things have changed up. Um, Jerry has a lot to say about state jurisdiction and state authority as to who can actually give the CDL license or, or authorize or certify the CDL license. If I'm not a state of Iowa, Iowa cannot certify my Texas driver's license, something like that. Jerry needs to talk about that. But uh, Jerry's I wonder open. if we're not making a mole out of a, uh, a, you know, a mountain out of a molehill here to a degree. If I had a truck driving school in Michigan, pay for it out of my pocket, and I go to the Michigan DMV and receive a temporary CDL from the Michigan Department of Motor Vehicle that is good until I get back home to Texas, where my exams have already been transferred to. Texas knows that I've passed the exams and I'm a qualified CDL, CDL qualified. Now all Texas has to do is issue me a license. They do not have to re-examine me. That's part B of what I was reading a minute ago. Well, no, we knew that they didn't have to be re-examined, but I don't know if you heard Desiree a few minutes ago when she said yeah, just, that they'll... Yeah. Okay, that they'll keep them out. They have six months, she said, to the get way, them to the their home state. The carriers exploit the drivers. We all know how they exploit the drivers. That is, in my opinion, a separate issue from this. Does this provision allow them or permit them to exploit? Sure it does. They're going to take every opportunity they can get to exploit, get something for nothing. That's what they're all about. That's why we're making 1980 wages today. Okay, but she said, if, if, and you might you might not have been on yet, 
that what they'll do is since they have six months, they'll just keep them out and keep them out uh, until they just can't take it anymore. They quit. And then Desiree, go from there. They either can't get a job with someone else because they're... Or they blackballed them because, I mean, Desiree... The thing about Desiree, she's right. Desiree's done yeah. this. She she went through this. Yeah, I've, I've lived through it, but I have members right now. In fact, I have a lady member in Florida who just just had enough. And it was all unsafe co-drivers that she was with. And she asked them, asked them, asked them, and... And she just wanted out of her contract. She just wanted out of her contract so she could go work someplace else. And they, they wouldn't do it. And I said, I think that you're going to get a, a bill in the mail. And she um, she tried everything possible way. Well, when she went to go dry, uh, try and get uh, hired somewhere else, everybody said, CRST, you owe them tuition? No, we can't hire you. So they're actually working with some carriers to blackball students that have just had enough. has always been wink, wink, not, not. Yeah, it's how it's always been, but at the same time, we're t- when when this thing goes into effect and they've got a learner's permit and they're sitting at the DMV waiting for some records to be transmitted and they're not signing off. Let me give you a for instance thing that's going on in Jacksonville. We have a member that went to a CDL school in Jacksonville and they're telling her she's got to go to CRST. And if they even hear rumors from the students while they're at CDL school, considering going to anywhere else, they'll expel them. So they have these, I don't know, partners that are, they, they want these students to come into their cattle drive, and they don't want to let go of them. They they no, want to get yeah. their money out of them, and they're they're they're. Do they have to pay tuition? Yes. So the financial what's the financial burden? These students are indebted to them. They're indentured, indentured servants, and they mean to get their money's worth out of these students. Well, and in, in the same in the same respect on that, when these young these I'll call them young drivers, new drivers, whatever you want to call them, doesn't matter their age. When these young drivers come to these companies, the company explains to them, or should be explaining to them, we're training you. I mean, you came here instead of a truck driving school. You came here to learn to drive. Part of your obligation, and they need to understand that and remember it, part of your obligation as a part of this training is that you must work with us for a period of X amount of time, whether it's a year or two years, to help pay for your uh, training. Agreed. Companies Agreed. Company in a lot of areas, instead of reminding these trainees that, hey, you're under an obligation, you came to us for this training, you can't just take it with you. You came to us for this training, and as a part of your obligation, you agreed and you signed the paperwork saying you'll stay with us for a minimum of X amount of time, after which, you know, when that time is complete, well, if you decide you want to leave and go somewhere else, go to work, well, that's up to you. We have no problem with that. But your obligation needs to be met in order to help repay the the training period time. You know, it's basically, you know, yeah, you might start only 22 cents a mile, 
which I think is horrendous. But well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that <clears throat> twenty-two cents or that sixteen cents a mile that they're seeing on their paycheck after X number of cents per mile has been deducted to pay for the tuition? I I was talking to a driver who sixteen cents a mile. I was outraged, and the more I talked to him, he said, "No, the rest of my money goes towards my you know tuition." Well, right. how much do you get paid a mile then? Sixteen cents. No, you're getting paid thirty cents a mile, and they're holding fourteen cents a mile out for tuition. What are the numbers? Well, he's yeah. a typical truck driver. He doesn't know his numbers. I'm getting paid sixteen cents. So we have to be careful here. What are the facts? Mm-hmm. So what, they, yeah, well, the facts have to be written they're down. Taking the tuition, they're taking the tuition out of the paycheck. So it is like an indentured servant. They can't really get yes. out of there, and they can't afford to. Now, the difference is, because Swift, Swift has this, you know, you work for well, company-sponsored training, and then you pay back. And I, we don't have nearly the complaints about their program that we do about this. And the difference is the team driving freight because the freight require the, the, the training requires them to do team driving. Swift doesn't, whether you like that or not. Um, they have gone through a certain amount of time and then they're on their own truck, but they're not living with another person and running team freight, which means, you know, it's not supposed to stop. It's, Security freight, whatever it is, so they don't have solo freight primarily. Um, mm-hmm. The other problem that I see is, like with this woman, for instance, she had three or four co-drivers that would just—they were crashing into things. They were driving down the wrong side of the road. She's on this truck with these people that cannot drive, and she's petrified. So it's like I don't mind pay, repaying you the debt, but at what? point do I have to protect my life and limb and say, you know, I'm scared to death here and I just please let me out. What do I have to do to be out of my contract? Um, Mm -hmm. And I just can't foresee that somebody with a learner's permit who's gotten to that breaking point is going to be able to go down to their domicile DMV and go get their CDL and expect their records to be transferred from CRST because you can't even get them to answer your phone call when you're in an urgent situation <laughs> and you're still employed Let's by them. Up. Right, right there. Let's back up. Uh, again, I read it just a second ago. Um, it's up to the state, the the state, the issuing state, to transfer the paperwork to the home state. CRST is not involved in this. But to your point a minute ago about the they're working together to blackball these drivers, of course they are. You've got to remember they have the ATA, the TCA, and the Alliance, and they all have closed-door meetings. What kind of plans, what kind of schemes are they coming up with behind those doors? Yeah, It's, it's business. Hey, if I yeah. rub your back, you'll rub my back. I'll rat out. This is our code. This is a when I write this on DAC report, don't hire him because he owes me money. They got no. You know what they? Boy, you know what they put on the DAC report? No, they don't have to do that. 
There's a box that says other. We had Paul Taylor on a show about six months ago for whistleblowing and DAC reports. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's just as you said, it's a secret code. You press, you click, you you X other, and that's that's it. That's the answer. It, and it's almost so saying unhireable. Yeah. You so know, and if, if, the, if the written information doesn't have what you want, you go in the back door unofficially. Hey, what's the real scoop on this driver? Oh, he owes us money. Oh, good. Okay, we're not going to hire him then. You see, in any number of ways this could happen. Yeah. Well, And, and all, even going back to the CDL school in Jacksonville I men- mentioned, they actually told these students, if you go to another carrier and anybody ever asks for your certificate of completion, you know, the 160 hours or 150 hours, we will not send it to them. You will not get your certificate if you don't go to CRST. That's what we agreed to educate you to go do. And there's no Schneider. There's no going anywhere else, and you will not get the certificate of completed hours, which is really your ticket to get into one of those places. It all, hey guys, it's right all, it all boils right. down to just, um, you know, it's just it's taking advantage. It's just taking advantage of these people. Let me get, let me get another uh, caller at least up, and then I want to hear from the. Uh, I forgot his name. Adam Lowry in New York and Jerry New Fritz. York. Yeah, uh-huh. and but in Indiana, let me open up his mic. Indiana area code three one seven. Welcome to the show. Who do we have here? Jody. Who? Who? Jody. Jody. Yes. Jody, okay, your mic's Hi, open. Let's go to, uh, but I have, haven't heard from New York yet, so go ahead and jump on in here. We've got to give you some time on this open forum. Okay, well, thank you very much. Um, with training, the problem I had was I was trained, and the trainer did a good job, and I thought I was ready, but when I went for my road test, I actually failed it, and it was incredibly embarrassing. And I had to wait a couple of weeks before I tested again. And so it really made me feel like training is just so very important. And you just can't really leave it up to the trainee to know when they're ready. Because I thought I was ready. I failed. But, hey, 13 years later, I'm still trucking. So sometimes you really got to invest in training. And the company I had were kind of, I don't know if, they did really because I did fail, but I'll take responsibility. But I really got to emphasize training is so, so, so important. So you really need to have companies doing it the right way and not doing it the wrong way. But what the solution is, I don't know. Well, let me ask you a question. Um, when you took your test, okay, did who 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 gave you the test? Was it the company themselves that gave you the skills test, or was it a DOT? Who, who was it? It was the DOT, or in case of Ontario, it was the MTO, but it was the government that did the test. Okay. Because we're trying, to, another thing that we're trying to determine here is when they say the skills test, so when this um for example, CRST uh, trainee takes the skills test, and that's the way it's worded, and they pass it, that they should automatically, you know, technically have their CDL, even though it's not in hand. However, it doesn't say who's giving the skills test, if it's the company, uh, who is authorized 
to give a, a skills test from from the state or the DOT. So uh, these are other questions that that come in mind when when exemptions like this are asked for. Um, I don't know if Jerry had anything to throw in on yeah, this. Donna, um, yeah, Donna. Yeah. First of all, uh, I think. Uh, the problem with indentured servitude. I'm not sure of this, but I think in a lot of cases that's illegal. The uh, Also, what I read in the article, same one you had there, that even though you've passed a skills test at a school or someplace else, for instance, if you passed a skills test in Iowa, even if you went to the Iowa DOT, Mm-hmm. The Iowa DOT has no jurisdiction in the state of Florida. You still have to go, and that's where Desiree was saying there's people taking weeks to get the test. The gentleman just got done saying he failed the test, had to go back two weeks later. There's backlogs. They don't just take a certificate from Utah, in the case of CR England, say, well, he passed all the tests up here. You have to be certified by the state that you're licensed in and you're a citizen of. But you don't have to retake See, the everybody's, test. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes, you Not do. You have to go. what I'm reading, Jerry, so I was telling you well, earlier. Well, that's what I say. I thought I was going to put my wife through a really good school up in Michigan. That was the problem. When she got back to Tennessee, Michigan couldn't give her any kind of license. She's not a citizen. How many no, years? In the state of Michigan. And a DOT inspector, we run across this all the time of scales. What, what law applies in one state doesn't apply in another. There's different law rules. Also, there are different states have different types of testing. You want to take a chauffeur's license test? Try one in New York State, and they've had it for decades. Mm-hmm. I remember my dad had a show. So that if you, yeah, if, if you if you read into that article, these people are getting back to their state, and it's taking weeks or more before they can take their test. And this is almost a quote. And many times, because it took so many weeks before they could actually take the test, that is a driving test where they put you in the truck and take you out. Now they've forgotten a lot of what they've learned in the schools and fail their test. Read the article closely. Yeah. I mean, think about it. In this this, uh, application, Um, one of the two uh, CRST drivers I was just talking with, and I'll shut up after this, um, he said that a uh, DMV, an Iowa State officer from the DMV, came to CRST to administer the test. And the following day that he went in there to get his license, get his picture taken and everything, that same officer was behind the desk. And I was asking this specifically because Jerry brought up third-party testing entities. Um, I think this has bearing on CR England. I don't remember all the details, but CR England is utilizing third-party testing companies, and from what I understand, these people have to be certified through the state of Utah to be to be able to administer the Utah state exam. I'm done. Well, that now, makes sense. I, I mean, there's people like that here. If, 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 if I'm living in Tennessee 
I guarantee you, Tennessee is going to say, hey, we have no reciprocity. Think about this. It comes down to this simple. If an officer here in Tennessee is in pursuit of a criminal, crosses the state line into Arkansas, his legal jurisdiction ended at the border. Now, they can stay in pursuit. They can assist the Arkansas State Police. So uh, a DOT uh, tester in Iowa has no jurisdiction in the state of Tennessee to to get a Tennessee license issued. A Tennessee, right, a Tennessee inspector. Let me jump in here. Part B, the state of domicile of a CDL applicant must accept the results of a skills test administered to the applicant by any other state in accordance with subparts F, G, and H. Uh, In fulfillment of the applicant's testing requirements under Part 383.71 and the state's test administration requirements under Parts 38373. I'm reading this from 38379, by the way. So I'm oh, Okay, go. so Pat, they have to Pat. accept. They have to accept it. Okay. Yeah, some of the guns. In, the federal just stepped in and said, okay, we're overriding this, and you're going to have to accept it. So, hey, uh, that was, that Jody, was July, Jody will, of, July of 2015, right? So I, right. I work. No, that's will try. Well, I'm trying. Jody, we'll try to get you in here. Uh, I'm getting a lot of background noise from you, but go ahead. We'll I'm get, sorry. Get, get, oh, I was get you here in the conversation. What, I was just wondering what everybody else thought. I know Desiree knows about my situation, how I uh, got into trucking. I went and got my permit before I went to the company, and then um, I watched some of their videos, and they were really good videos, and then I... Bob held around in the yard, did a, like, 300-plus um, backup between um, trailers. And um, I just I was just wondering what were other people's thoughts on companies that do this versus the bigger school. Because my daughter is thinking about doing the trust, so I didn't really know what would work for her because it was easy for me to go get my permit. I went every day, took all the tests and passed them, and uh, it wasn't a problem for me to get my permit. But for her, she might need more instruction um, just to understand it. But I was just wondering what Were you was. satisfied with your training? Um, in a way, I think I could have used a little bit more challenges during my um um, actual training with my driver when I was put out on the road. But I think the weather conditions were working against us because we had to deal with a lot of ice, so it slowed us down. And um, uh, there was a, a one particular night that I wasn't confident enough to to continue driving, so he, we pulled over and he took over the wheel because um, it, re- it was six sheets of ice. And... Um, I can drive on ice in a regular vehicle, but for first time um, trucking, I was I was really nervous. And he sensed that, so he figured, you know, let me step in. Um, and there weren't like a whole lot of turns and a lot of green lights for me. So. <laughs> but they say, because um, I shared that with them, 
and uh, now they are working with people that are fresh off the block like that, like me. Um, was, them now, was, was, your, was your training school the same as the training company? Did you get, in other words, did you go to a school and then a training company, or were they both the same entity? They were they were both the same. They have a, a small school, and they okay. hire you, pay you $70 a day, and then um, they get you to pass your test. And the one that teaches you cannot test you. So, okay, um, but your skills yeah. test was from the school itself? Yes. No, wait, wait, okay, wait, wait. so they had it. Please, 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 let's clarify this. When you say your skills test was from the teacher themselves, did they give you a CDL or a CDL learner's permit, or were they just giving you a school exam? This is where we're getting confused here. Skills I'm test sorry. or examination oh. from DMV. Well, I went to, I, before I went to the, the, the company, I had to have my permit, so I went to the DMV myself and studied the book and then took the test. You can only take, uh, uh, I only had time to take so many tests a day. Um, and then once I got my permit from the state of Indiana, I went to the company and showed them, and that's when they began the training. Um, and when they felt that I was ready, they scheduled a test for me, and it was with the same people that are within the company. They were they were certified to test people out. Okay. 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 They were certified by the state of Indiana to administer the CDL test. Right. But they were okay. with the company, Pat. Yeah. Yeah, then this is, this is alarming. This is what Jerry was saying a minute ago, these third-party testing agencies. I, I, I was kind of unaware of this, but I find that alarming. We don't know if they're getting slipped money under the table or not to pass this guy no matter what. It should be well, they state only. Oh, they, I know they don't pass just pass everybody because I failed the first time, um, and because um, I was extremely nervous. And um, uh, the second time, I didn't even want to know how I did. I just wanted to know that I at least passed. <laughs> um, yeah. And well, congratulations. Um, thank you. And um, so, and then you have to pay for it. So every time you fail it and you have to take it again, you've got to pay again. Yeah. Yeah. So at least and I know least we, you'll get something for nothing. Well, at least we straightened out that, that skills test. It doesn't have to come from the DMV. Uh, it could also be, um, Now, wait you know. a minute. If the third party is certified through the DMV, they are acting on right. the authority of the DMV. Right, right. So but if they're working at the company, here. you know, it, it, it's a fine line of distinction, but it's yeah. still a line. But, Jody, <laughs> but Jody, didn't you, Jody, didn't you have a question? What was your question in there? Oh, just I just was wondering what other people's thoughts were about the this way that it was happening versus um, the bigger schools that always advertise on billboards, TV. Um, just was wondering what what um, you guys were thinking because it seemed to be um, I, I'll tell you and longer in trucking than me. So. 
when I went through truck driving okay. school, I sat in the classroom, and they had jam boxes, boom, boom boxes going all day. They were laughing, cutting up, choking. I had already read the manual from front to back before I started school, and when I was in school in the classroom part, I didn't learn squat. So if you watch TV and learn something from it, you got more out of it than I did, what, 1989? Mm-hmm. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's why they're why trying to, to have standards now. And yeah. I don't know how that's going with the FMCSA, if they've established standards or what. Donna, I'd like to jump in here just a little bit, maybe turn the discussion a little bit. Let's face right, it, sure. this whole thing, this whole thing from the time you hear it on a radio, TV, local newspaper, wherever you hear it, this is an, an industry that today is built totally on deception. Yes. Okay. It's, let's be blatant about it. It's a lie. The people, even Dave Nemo has been using one of my favorite words here recently. They've been lured into this business. Mm-hmm. Basically, most of them have no idea what they're getting into. So the idea, you know, and the other gentleman was right. I, my hat's off to him. And, yeah, they went to the school and so on and so forth. So they, oh, now wait a minute. What kind of picture were they drawn about what they were really buying into? Because when they right. signed on the line to accept the debt, they were buying something. I'm thinking, you know, we need to quit chasing the FMSCA and all this. We need to go to the Fair Trade Commission, the FTC, the Bureau of, La- the, uh, uh, Bureau of Labor. I mean, take these magazines you see in the truck stops. That's, that's pure lies. It's deception. How do we know that? Because if everything in those magazines was true, you wouldn't need the magazine. And I can take you back to a generation where one of the famous rules of thumb that I learned as a very young fellow was anybody that has to advertise <clears throat> isn't worth working for. Now, remember, to get in trouble with the FTC, you don't have to prove that a that something or a transition was an out-and-out lie. All you have to prove that it was misleading and deceptive. Mm-hmm. So I would counter back to the organizations like CRC or practically the whole darn industry. They tell them all these wild stories. They lead them into this vision of what it's going to be like. Schneider right now, what is it, something about team friends or something like that? They don't tell them the truth. And, oh, by the way, before you sign on a dotted line, company has over 100% turnover rate per year. In an industry, the truckload industry, that has over 100% turnover rate per year. How many people would be signing on these dotted lines if the so-called person selling them this vision was held responsible for providing what their, the vision that they're putting out here. We need to start looking at FTC, really. 
It doesn't have to be a proven lie. All it has to do is be misleading. How can a company like CRST or England or any of these others, their own numbers would go against the big time? There's got to be a lie somewhere when 100% of your people are quitting within a year. Right. And, and you know, this is part of the education. When, when we started um, just about 10 years ago, the, the very first website we had, um, Alan, Alan Cree actually built the website, and uh, it was noted after a book he had written back in '99, um, and it was it was called The Truth About Trucking. And yeah. there's been a few other people who have labeled their book The Truth About Trucking too, but this was mm-hmm. the first one. And in one of those chapters, I remember, I think the chapter was called, and if I I haven't read the book in a long time. Called lies, lies, lies. No. No. What was it called? Ads, ads, and more uh, lies. Oh, okay. Ads, ads, and more lies. And it addressed exactly uh, what you're saying. And of course, there was no social media back then. So uh, to get your word out, it. I mean, we did Google AdWords. He did a lot of article marketing. And then, you know, pass the articles, you know, in all these different sites. Um, the forums really wouldn't let you put your articles in because then they'd accuse you of trying to, you know, advertise your your information. But so anyway, it was hard getting this information out. But that's exactly, I remember that chapter. Uh, it, it was, to, And the purpose of the book was not so much to discourage people from getting into trucking, but to let them know, and it was called learn the scam. Um, one of the phrases was learn the scams of the industry. That was the popular phrase back then that if, we used. If they knew, if you they know, understood it, if they understood it before they got in, it would hopefully mm-hmm. help them, you know, to succeed. But uh, then the thing took off, and then the next thing you know, uh, every every uh, everybody had it. So. Uh, let me – hey, Hal, is that you? Are you back? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Okay, I got your mic open. You dropped off, and then uh, I thought that was you again. But, okay, your mic's back open. And uh, anyway, go ahead, Jerry. Yeah, uh, you know, then on top of that, trucking has its own vernacular, its own language. And many times we talk about it, even when I talk to other people, to remember that – they have no idea what I'm seeing in my mind because their world is so much different. The cents per mile instead of dollars per hour, so on and so forth. But I, I well, that's a whole big lady, topic we're going to have. Yeah. So, but see, they're going to relate to what they what they understand in their mind. You know, these carriers are saying, well, you're making 40 cents a mile times 60 mile an hour average. You're making $24 an hour. You know, and they sell it that way. Well, in some ways, that's true, except for these other 30 or 40 hours you don't get paid for. Right. But they don't don't add those in. Right. Is that explained to the people before they sign on a dotted line to become indentured to somebody selling them a truck driver training school and maybe career. No, that's not me. So that the carriers have to know this. I mean, how could they defend themselves? If you're the FTC right now, 
and you go to any of these carriers now and say, well, you know, we're getting a lot of complaints about false and misleading advertisement. Uh, we understand that 100% of your people quit. A good percentage of your people are being blackballed. A good percentage of your people are being manipulated and this, that, and the other thing. How do you explain that? And, oh, that 100% turnover has been going on for 30 years, and you never thought to explain that? It's like me going over here by a car. I assume all cars have four tires. Well, I didn't know enough to walk around the car, so they they sold me a car with three tires. They didn't disclose all the information, relevant information, to, to create a meeting of the minds, an actual contract. In fact, if anything, they purposely withhold it. There goes well, that the was deception. that was what what uh, I, I remember. Alan had a whole list in the book of you know things you have to make sure before you get into it. And I got to tell you, I remember so many emails in the beginning, uh, thank you emails, because like I said, there was nothing else out there at the time mm-hmm. that shared this information. And it would be, thank you so much for reading. I, I read your book. And they decided not to go into trucking once they you know, read all this. And some people went in with more you know, enlightenment. And so they were aware of, you know, like leasing scams. I remember that was one of the chapters in the book. And uh, they were, now they're aware of them, even though some people, even though they had, they read it, uh, and were warned, they still decided to do it and then ended up, you know, losing everything. Uh, I'll give but, you a very good and, relevant, I'll give you a very good relevant example. You know, I had a new truck here, you know, I ran it 268,000 miles, had a lot of trouble with the after treatment stuff, so on and so forth. Well, I'm in a position now where I had to trade out or just close down my business, but I couldn't sell the truck. Because there are so many problems, if if I went to sell to Donna and I didn't mean I knew about all this stuff and withheld it and you bought the truck, that is known as material misrepresentation. You can sue me for all the losses and damages occurred because I knew about flaws in the truck. So when I did trade the truck... The dealer I traded it through, he knew, didn't ask me a thing about the truck. He didn't mm-hmm. ask me, why are you trading a truck with only 268,000 miles? And I knew they wouldn't. But if I went to sell that to a, a, an individual, it's up to me to voluntarily disclose the flaws in the equipment. If not, material misrepresentation. Um, I'd like to jump in, please. Um, a couple of times we've hit on this. Uh, we're hearing stories. This is being said. That's being the other. Uh, documentation. Uh, we were talking about this. I was talking about this with Ernest Gutierrez last week. Documentation. I'm very disappointed that the new ELD mandate does not include the electronic communicating clause whatever. I'm also very disappointed that these Qualcomms or PeopleNets or whatever this other stuff is does not have a way for the driver to directly download all messages and logbooks from the unit itself. 
we have these coercion laws, this, that, and the other. What good are they if you don't have documentation? My experience when I first came back out over the road back in 05, 06, they don't want to talk to me on the telephone. They want it all going through the Qualcomm. They have control of the Qualcomm record, okay? They don't want to talk to me because they don't want to hear about the deer I hit last night or the skunk I ran over last week. They want to use the Qualcomm, this, that, and the other. We drivers in this coming era need to be aware that we have to be able to document things, to prove coercion, this, that, or the other. Just that we all insist that all of our communications go through email. That way the driver always has a record of any discussions that have been had. It's readily available on the phone. Um, we, if we're going to document some of these things that we were talking about earlier, these training scams, this, that, and the other, you probably need four or five people's testimonials to equal one piece of documentation. So if we're going to do anything in the future, we need to consider documentation as, a, as an important part of it. I'm well, that's, that's, that's one reason why I turn around and tell drivers when they have an issue going on and dispatch says, hey, I need you to do this, you know, and they're trying to get, do something you know might be wrong. They're going to sit there and try and debate whether or not they told you this. I always turn around to drivers. If they're going to tell you to do something, and you Oh, we must have lost Sal. Oh, wait a second. Hold on here. Yeah. I'm here. Oh, I'm here to there you go. There you go. Go ahead. You're going to have yeah, go ahead. Sorry, okay. you're going to have noise. But I've always told drivers, okay. if dispatch is going to turn around and tell you something and you know you can't do it or you, because of whether it's a time thing on your logs or whatever else or it's something that you know that is not going to be right, tell them to put it on the satellite. Put it on your Qualcomm or your PeopleNet or whatever it is your company uses. That way it's a matter of record. If they're insisting that you do something, put it on the satellite and I'll do it. That way if you get pulled over somewhere along the way and the DOT says, hey, just say, hey, you know, my company said do this, we'll take care of it. Here it is, it's on my it's on my uh, satellite. That's uh, why I was very surprised how that the ELD does not allow for communication, if I read it. Am I correct in that? It, no, it does. I mean, I'm on PeopleNet. I've had PeopleNet. I've had Qualcomm. I've had QData. If they want to, I mean, the reason they got it was for communications, to give you your dispatches, to send you messages, for you to be able to relay information back. You know, hey, I'm loaded here. It took this much Here's my ETA to my next destination, stuff like that, plus freehand messages like texting on your phone. Um, that's what the system was set up for, was so that you could communicate directly with your office, and you would, and both ends would have a record of that communication. Now, as far as the storage of that information, it's not at the company headquarters. It's not any, anything in the company. It's in the system. And if the DOT really wanted to access that information, all they'd have to do is go to the parent company, 
who stores that information. Like, uh, uh, if I remember right, Qualcomm at the time when I started into this industry, Qualcomm was based out of California. They have all the physical records of all the communications that go on between driver and company itself, driver and dispatcher, driver and safety office, driver and whoever in the company. They can access all those records and all that information if it came down to the uh, that still can, uh, that still exists today. Uh, but I always tell drivers if they're going to turn around and tell you, "Hey, do this," but they don't. If they don't want to put it on a satellite, well, just say, "Well, if you're not going to put it on the Qualcomm or the or, or the satellite, then I can't do it," because you're asking me to do something that both of us know I'm not supposed to do. Uh, and real right. quick, I thought Toby, Toby was it, the young lady? Uh, what Jody? Was she asked something about, huh, Jody? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think wasn't she asking about? Uh, I thought I thought I heard her saying something about wondering about where she could send her daughter or somebody for schooling and whatnot else. That's a, a, just real quick. Uh, to anybody yeah, out there yeah. to get in the driving, I yeah, Jody, strongly... Jody wasn't that. J- Jody, wasn't that the question? Um, yeah, because I was trying to figure out. You know, I told her that she could either try this, like go to a company or go to one of the bigger schools. Well, okay. I know... here's, what, here's what I always try and encourage you to do. Take a look at this first, Con Community College. See if they offer, there are a lot of community colleges out there around this country that offer a driver training program that, it, that, that, and that 98% of the time will far exceed what these other trucking schools offer. I mean, they will put you, you won't be there for two, three weeks. You're going to be there for a while because... Many of these uh, 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 community colleges that have the driver training program, they don't teach you just how to drive the truck and how to do your logs. They actually put you on the road. You do driving. You're going to drive on a course on the on, on the college campus, but you're also going to go off on, on the roadway, and you might actually deliver loads with that college. I mean, they'll, they'll take a load here and pick up another load and come back. You're going to get... Uh, one college that I checked in at with when I was living down in Florida, I would have got at least 2,000 miles in worth of driving myself, not riding in the truck, but just driving, physically driving the truck. Also, they will, in a lot of cases, they will also do the full around the truck, show you the mechanics of things, have you hands-on learning how to, like, if you had to, change a fuel filter or an oil filter that got plugged up or do some kind of minor mechanical repairs that a driver could do. I mean, they're going to get you more information and more training into that truck than a lot of the trucking schools will. Plus, there will be a variance in the kind of equipment that you pull that won't just be a flatbed or a reefer. You might actually get into something like a, a tanker or, or or something or other else. Yeah, in in Alan's book, uh, I remember reading community colleges and Botech schools. Those are the other. That's the other group that has some good training. Yeah, Hal's right. That was also in the book. Uh, My my first choice, Jody, was always uh, community colleges, 
And not only because of all the reasons Hal said, but also they're usually they're usually the cheapest, but they do provide the best best ones. So my my first choice was always uh, uh, community colleges as well. I put that in the book. So, but hey, our time's winding down. Let me take a quick break. We'll be back and uh, we will wrap up this broadcast of uh, Ask the Trucker Live. Be right back. Heads up, truckers. Are you looking for deals on trucks, trailers, parts, or equipment? Or maybe you need to sell something truck-related. Well, there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers. No middlemen involved. That's why we call it TruckerToTrucker.com. There's no charge at all for looking. And if you want to place an ad for what you're selling, it's just $19.95. And it runs till it sells. So whether you're buying or selling, it's time to log on and take a look. TruckerToTrucker.com. Check it out. That's TruckerToTrucker.com. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here, and I want to tell you about TruckerLawyers.com. TruckerLawyers.com helps drivers with their legal needs, and they specialize in workers' compensation, trucking accidents, employment law, and other areas. TruckerLawyers.com arms you with important information regarding workers' compensation and your legal rights, and they are also available to help you find assistance for additional legal issues. This includes determining how to get you the best benefits possible for your situation. The website TruckerLawyers.com is a resource where you can learn more about your legal rights as a driver. Feel free to continue the social media conversation by liking them on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash TruckerLawyers and follow them on Twitter as at TruckerLawyers. Call them to talk through your questions at 1-800-736-5503. Time winding down. Appreciate everybody listening and calling and tuning in. Didn't quite get to everybody, but uh, we'll be winding down. But Donnie, you have some announcements? Uh, yeah, I wanted just to say, uh, listening to the trucker lawyers, we didn't get to talk about half the things we planned on talking about, but that's okay. We'll have lots of other shows. But um, uh, we were going to talk about the Denim Amendment and that big victory. That would have been a, um, a fiasco if that would have gone through. That would have put a real damper on the potential for driver wages uh, to ever go up with with that kind of loophole in it. But uh, if you're well, in ca- if, for those that didn't know what the Denim Amendment was, uh, is basically they were trying to say as long as the driver, as long as his weekly pay averaged out to be minimum wage then that was good enough. They didn't have to pay anything else. So. Right. Uh, it, that, in a, that's pretty much in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Um, so uh, thanks to all the drivers who called their reps and everything. Uh, they <clears throat> it, That was struck down from the highway bill, and I know a lot of people thought it was going to sneak in at the 11th hour, but uh, it didn't. And um, one of the people, uh, one of the uh, lawyers that were on our uh, show to explain the Denim Amendment, uh, Ashish Desai from Desai Law Firm um, really explained it well that night and led to the victory uh, over everybody calling in and, and striking that from the highway bill. Um, for anybody who's in California, and if you're being, uh, they have very strict laws, labor laws in California. So if you're listening tonight and you 
drive primarily in California and you're not getting paid for breaks and things that most other people in other states don't have to pay you for, then I just want to tell you, um, this gentleman here, um, he's great. Uh, he's uh, Ashish Desai. He was our guest on the show. He explained everything to everybody that night. And the number there is, and take this down, 949-614-5830. And if you go on our Trucking Social Media resource page, you're going to see a list of advocate lawyers uh, in the industry. And he's on that list, uh, the Desai Law Firm. And so, uh, you know, if you do drive in California, you question if you're getting paid for all your time, uh, he'll help you out and and, and see if it's true or, or not. And if not, you know, you can take steps towards it. And, of course, it's retroactive. Uh, so, you know, it could amount to quite a bit of money if you do call. And I just wanted to... Um, to mention that I I can't see the switchboard so I don't know who's left on there but um they're all full <laughs> but I just want to uh say thanks to everybody for calling in tonight um it was a great show really enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to the Thursday shows that we're going to have also uh to discuss wages and other related uh topics that relate to wages and we're going to tie it all up together and uh it's going to be a lot of fun, and, and I'm still going to do the health shows for those of you who really look forward to those. I know I do because that's my, my specialty that I enjoy. Um, I won't say the most. I enjoy talking about the trucking issues too, but I'm on my personal time, um, health issues are, are the ones I enjoy. I want to give a big shout-out to Carolyn O'Byrne. Uh, she helps me with my health shows quite a bit. Tom Kirk helps with my health shows quite a bit, helps co-host them. And Carolyn is with um, lifecoachservice.net. Please go look at that site. Uh, if if you have any questions about being on the road, any troubles, any concerns, any goals, lifecoachservice.net. And Tom Kirk is with um, roadtestedliving.com. So a uh, big shout-out to them. We'll be having our shows uh, coming up, uh, not this Thursday, but possibly the following Thursday if we don't have a, a trucking wage show on Thursday. So we haven't really developed the schedule how we're going to um, flip-flop those weeks, but it, it, it's sure to be a, a, a good time for everybody and a lot of information. And one more thing that Alan had mentioned before, but I want to mention it again, uh, go to the Trucking Social Media Resource page and make sure you get your website up there. This is a time for unity. So everybody needs to – it's free advertisement for you. Uh, there, you know, there's, there's nothing else except unity that's trying to be uh, shared on that page and information. And if you have a Facebook group or uh, a Facebook fan page and you offer uh, – uh, information to edify the professional driver or you're an advocate, please send us your website so we can get you up on that page. If you have a video, that uh, an advocacy video that you'd like to send in, just send the URL uh, link to the YouTube to us and we'll get it up there. So there's a, a lot of great things in 2016 to get other people's information out uh, so that we can all share our information because it's only by 
numbers that things are going to be getting done this year. And there's enough of uh, groups and people and advocates out there that they can start putting their information on the site and then everybody goes to that site and they learn who everybody's about and it's a lot easier. And that's uh, that's pretty much what I, all I have for tonight, Alan, as far as uh, as far as announcements go. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, sounds good. And hey, if you're an owner operator independent, download the Zyper app. That's spelled X Y P P E R. Zyper.com, and you'll be entered to win the Falcon Eye dash cam drawing. So be sure to check that out. Thanks again, everyone. Good show. Really do appreciate it. And I guess Donna will be with you next time <laughs> on Asset Trucker Live, and I will remain invisible, I guess. Well, he like I said, he does Saturdays. I do Thursdays. I know. <laughs> hey, it's working. Trying to bring you some good shows that we can, and our callers and listeners are the best. So thanks again. Have a great evening, everyone, and we'll catch you next time on Asset Trucker Live. You've been listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. On behalf of Alan and Donna Smith, AskTheTrucker.com, TruckingSocialMedia.com, NorthAmericanTruckingAlerts.com, Blog Talk Radio, and Ask the Trucker Live. I'm J. Michael Collins. Until next time, drive safe and thanks for listening.
my burning rig Checked out the damage that was done to the bridge Feeling a little crazy and dizzy in the head Barely heard the words that officer said $10,000 fine and your CDL is gone Better call your mama to come take you home Three million miles and never a glitch The four-wheeler only got a slap on the wrist I'm trying to make a living running the road Loving my family from a cell phone Nobody understands, can't get no helping hand Lord, have mercy on the the trucking brand Trucking brand. 